How many of you guys love a good story? Yeah, and, uh, and it's, it's something that's really uh, powerful. It's been powerful uh, all of our history as a culture and as people. We, we tell stories. and In fact, uh, it's, we are 22 times more likely to remember something from a story uh, than if it was just simply told to us as a fact. Right? And y'all know this. It's why when the teacher says, where's your homework, you don't just tell them I don't have it. You tell them all the story as to why you don't have it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Hey, why are you late today? Well, let me just tell you a story. See, what had happened was, thank you for that. Um, we, we know the power of story, right? Uh, we don't just tell our children, hey, this is probably the best way to do this. We tell them a story illustrating how it can be done. And sometimes, we said, we said this last week, sometimes we look at this book primarily as a book of instruction. And I've found, as I read it, that it's more a, a book of identification. It is my opportunity to identify with people who have been used by God. People that are not perfect, people who do not have it all together, people who have not always made the right step, but people who are created, made by God. And, and used even in the midst of their failures, even in the midst of their struggles. Now, we said this in men's advance. We don't make our struggle our stance, but we don't also hide it from our story. And so while we know that there are struggles and scenarios and situations that are challenging, we do not make that our confession. And we, we kind of split into two camps. And I know I've said this every week, but I, just for those of us who have not been here, and really, how many of you know hearing something one time is not always good enough? Fellas, when you go to the grocery store, and on aisle two, you know, you're on the second thing you're supposed to get. Hey, babe, what was that called? Uh, right? Uh, you're running out the door. Hey, get this. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. You liar. Um, and we, we've kind of... So I want to just say this again. We've kind of become a culture where it's all real, it's all authentic, and that's great. It's, it's, it's the, the kind of movies now where there is no resolution, there is no ending, there is no like, oh, that went well. It's always like, wait, that was the end? What? Um, but the other side of this is that we, we flip to the other side, and it's the Disney story. It's that every story has a bow tied on it. It's all good. Everything happens. And I, I believe that we're, we're meant to be people who understand the reality of our situation and understand the reality of our circumstances, and yet we hold to the confession of heaven. We hold to the confession that our God is good, that he is great, and that he is a lover of people, that he does desire for us to live with a full trust and a full uh, abiding in him, and that we can live with a courage and a strength and a hope and a joy that becomes unspeakable, the peace that surpasses understanding. And it does not mean that we deny these things. It does not mean that those things do not exist. It simply means that those things don't get to decide what comes out of my mouth all the time. They don't get to decide how I think all the time. They don't get to decide what fills my heart every day. They, they don't get to decide that for me. They are simply the circumstance I am in, however difficult they might be. But the confession of my mouth and the confession of my heart is that I trust you, God. I trust you, Lord, in the midst of all of it. And I found that as I trust him, that he sends to, to write even a, a greater story because he's, he's been given authority and he's been given the right to, to, to write some things into my life. Luke chapter 5. Are you there yet? Luke chapter 5, verse 12. We're just going to read one verse. One verse. And it says, in one of the villages, in one of the villages, so there were more than one, and Jesus had been to more than one. 
And Jesus is really just getting started with his ministry here. Uh, we don't know how far along, we, but we know that it's pretty early on in Luke's account of his ministry. So we know that it's not too far down the line. And, uh, and, and Jesus met with a man with an advanced case of leprosy. Not just like a beginner, like it's advanced. This is serious. This is difficult. This is hard. And lepers were people who were shunned. They were put off on the outskirts of society. They were actually given particular places they could go. They were uh, uh, kind of put out on the edges of, of the city so that no one would come into contact with them. And when the man saw Jesus, this is the part that got me, and this is the part that I feel like uh, is going to hit us pretty hard. When the man saw Jesus... He bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. So he's not questioning the power or the ability of Jesus to do miraculous things. He's actually just saying, if, you're, if this is your will, you can heal me. Now, Jesus doesn't heal everyone that he comes across. He heals many, but he doesn't heal everyone. And that's a big question, and maybe we'll tackle that one day. But the, but the, the reality of, of the, the, the gospel is that whether it happens now or later, we will all walk into fullness of healing. Right? That we understand that when we walk into the kingdom of heaven, and not just in heaven, but when we walk into the kingdom of heaven on this earth, when we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, we are now living as eternal people. We are now living with an eternal perspective. We are not living simply with a temporary perspective. See, we shouldn't necessarily become people who get so worked up about the temporary things of our life because we have an eternal perspective of what life is. That's a hard thing. It's not always easy. It's not always simple. But how many of you know you, you, we, we can be people who get really caught up in the temporary things and lose our eternal perspective? And we actually begin to sabotage our present because we've forgotten our future. And so here's this man who looks at Jesus. And this is what I thought was interesting. Jesus walks into this village, and this man looks at him and says, if you want to, if you really think this is the right thing, if this is your will, you can heal me. Now, here's why I thought that was interesting. How did he know that? Like, what made this man look at Jesus, who just walked into his village, and say to Jesus to bow down and look at the Lord and go, hey, if you, can, if you want to, you can what, what even made him say that? What even made him have the boldness to speak that? What gave him the ability or, or the, the, the understanding of the revelation that somehow this is actually possible? Well, if you go back a few chapters, what you find out is that every time Jesus would heal somebody, even when he told them not to go tell people, they would all go tell people. Right? That, that, that people would begin to talk about what Jesus had done. In fact, one of the first things that happened when he came out of the 40 days of testing, the 40-day fast, is that he healed some family friends, and then all of a sudden, everybody's friends, all the friends brought more family. And that, why? Because people were talking about it. There's something powerful about the confession of our lives. There's something amazing when we begin to tell our story. And so here's this man, and he's, he's looking at Jesus, and he's going, you can I want to read a verse for you out of Psalm, uh, Psalm 96. 
verses 2 and 3. Psalm 96, verses 2 and 3. And it actually come up on the screen, I believe. Publish his glorious deeds. Sing to the Lord. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Can you go to the next one? Oh, go back to the first one then. Sorry. Sing to the Lord. Here we go. Y'all ever read the Bible backwards? <laughs> Sing to the Lord. Praise his name each day. Every day proclaim the good news that he saves. Now, some of y'all are worried about that proclaim word. It really does simply mean to tell. It might mean tell with a little bit louder voice, but it does simply mean to tell, to talk about. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name each day. See, God is in his people, especially in the Old Testament, doing everything he can to make them better storytellers. He's doing everything he can to make sure that they are willing and ready and able to talk about what he has done in their life. And here the psalmist is saying, every day, talk about it. Every day, say something. Every day, talk about the good things he has done. Every single day. And here's this man sitting in one of the villages that just needed a few people to come by and on that day say what he had done. My guess is that he'd heard it more than once. It's just a guess. But my guess is that he'd heard multiple people say, man, did you hear about this Jesus? I mean, this is something that people had been waiting for. They'd been waiting for a Savior. They'd been waiting for a Messiah. And I'm not making the assumption that every one of them believed he was the Messiah. What they were talking about was that he was doing something that they'd never seen done before. They, 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 there were still people making up their minds. There were still people trying to decide if this was really the one, if this, this was really the Savior. But they were talking about it nonetheless because of what Jesus was doing. And see, I think for many of us, we get caught up in, and we're uncertain about the story we should tell. We're, we're not sure about how perfect this story is, but, but really, we, 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 we're worried more about how our story looks or how it sounds, but what we really need to just simply talk about is what God has already done. We may not like our present circumstances, but my goodness, it's better than what it was. And you might even be walking through one of the more difficult seasons of your life. And yet, and yet, if you had walked through that season seven seasons ago, you would have handled it with a far less peace and far less confidence and far less strength because now you have something in your spirit and something in your heart that carries you through these dark, difficult moments. See, sometimes we think just simply because our circumstance is bad and we forget that the character of our lives has shaped and changed and is different than it was before. So now, even though my life hasn't always been perfect, even though I'm going through another difficult circumstance, I'm not walking through that circumstance in the same way. And that is something to be thankful for. That is something, because not everybody can walk through the difficulties of their life with a confession of faith and hope and joy and love and peace. And so here's this guy, and he says, I don't know, if you ever talk to someone 
um, about uh, maybe it's about a movie or or a book or a, a, maybe a certain restaurant, and uh, and you tell them and it, or th- you're talking about it and they tell you something that someone had told uh, them about it, like like oh well it's not very good or this character was this way or I didn't like how that and you look at them and you go who told you that. Right? Like, who told you that that burger wasn't the best burger you've, they've ever had? Who told you? Because they're idiots. Right? Like, who told you that that was so bad? Or the opposite side. Right? They go, man, I heard about all this stuff. And you go, oh, who told you that? Because I want to be friends with them. We are the right kind of people. They are the right Who told you that? And I don't know about you, but there are times when I talk about church with people who don't necessarily love church. And they say certain things about the church, whether or not they've been to church. And I want to look at them and I go, who told you that? Who told you you didn't belong there? Who told you you couldn't come in? Who told you that someone was going to condemn you? Who told you that you weren't allowed in this place? Who told you that Jesus didn't love you because you got some things you're working through? Who told you that Jesus didn't die for you because you, well, you aren't, you know, you're not, you're a Gentile. You're not, like, who told you that? I think this, this narrative around church and this narrative around who Jesus is, that's, that's just, it's false. And I understand that the church has actually at times contributed to that. I'm not trying to abdicate the church of some responsibility. But here's where I would say our greatest responsibility lies and where maybe we've dropped the ball the most is simply that we aren't telling the right stories. That maybe in one of the villages or one of the streets that we have in Fort Worth, there are someone walking through telling the wrong stories, and there are not enough people walking through going, man, i got to tell you a story. i got to tell you what Jesus did. i got to tell you what I saw him do in my friend. i got to tell you what I saw him do in my marriage. I have to tell you what I saw Jesus do in my life. I have to tell you. i got to tell you because I know everybody else is going to tell you their story. And their, but i got to tell you because at the end of the day, it's still going to be a decision for everyone. Everyone is going to make a decision about their faith and who they're going to trust. Everybody is. But I don't want us to have a blind faith. I want us to have a storied faith. I want us to have a faith that's built on the stories of people, person after person after person after person, telling the story of what Jesus has done in their life. And some of us, I I, I think some of us really struggle with what the story is that we should tell. Right? Like some of us, we're not really sure what the story is. Like we, we haven't, because, well, maybe we haven't ever written a really good long story. Right? We've never storyboarded out anything. We don't know the seven elements of every great story. You could search that. It'll come up. There's, there's elements to every great story. They're all pretty well the same. And, uh, and, 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 and we don't know how to do this and say that. And we don't, let me just, I want to tell you one story. And actually, Pastor Scott taught on this uh, not too long ago. And uh, we, we, the recording got messed up. So he's going to have to preach it again here uh, pretty soon. How many of you agree with that? Um, but I want you to turn to John. Actually, I, I can just read it to you, but I, I want you to hear this story because I think it's fantastic. I think it's, man, it's a fantastic story. I, I think you guys are going to really, really like the way the characters are developed and the way it's really brought together. John 9, 25. I don't know whether he is a sinner. This is a blind man talking about Jesus. I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied, because they're trying to accuse Jesus. They're trying to make him look bad. They're trying to come up with some reason they can uh, 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 crucify him, some reason they can punish him. And he says this. Here's the story. You ready for 
first story? Here's this, oh, here's the big story. This is an incredible story. You're already seeing it. Look at me here. Eyes here, eyes here. Okay, it's going to be incredible. Okay, here we go. But I know this. Here's the story. You ready? I was blind, and now I can see. Chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, done. I was blind, and now I see. I don't know these things yet about Jesus or about church or about doctrine or about theology or about sanctification. I don't know these things yet about the Holy Spirit. and I, I don't understand all these things. But what I can tell you is this, that I was blind, but now I can see. I was hopeless, but now I have hope. I was a little bit surrounded by chaos, and now I have this weird peace I was, but now I am, and I'm not perfect, and I don't have it all figured out, and I don't know everything, and the man who can finally see probably has a job to go get, probably has some people to go look at, he's got some things to do, but the reality is he knows his story's different than it was, and some of us want this finished story before we ever deliver a story, but I'm just going to throw this in there, your story will never be done. Your story will always be written. If your story was done, then, then we would end it today. Your story will always and continue to be written. But what you can tell is the story you do know. I, 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 it was this, but now it's this. I was blind, but now I can see. Now I want to tell a story of a... a Actually, I'm not going to tell the story. I'm going to have someone come up and tell you a story. There's a man named Theron. And uh, Theron has... Uh... Theron, come on up, man. Uh, Theron Banks is, is really just new to our community. It's just been uh, a few months now, I think, right? Okay. So since November. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a few months. I want Theron to tell you a story. And it's not a finished story. Right? Uh, it's not completed yet. Uh, there's still some sentences and some chapters to be written in his story. Uh, but it is a story. It still is something to be told. And so I want him to just tell you his story. He's not going to do maybe, but now I see it's not going to be that quick. Uh, I don't know. It would be pretty impressive if you, you know, bring it down to six words. But, um, but I want him to tell you his story. And I want you to hear why your story matters. Theron, man, take it away. Tell us a little bit about your story and, and what your experience has been. Um, so I come from the church my whole entire life. My mother, Sunday, then there's choir practice, Bible study, Saturdays, everything like that. Um, the older I got in the church, I noticed things. It was becoming a mega church. Um, you know, I, I used to actually help with the youth got older, you know, it's started to get bigger. Me and my brothers, you know, we're being adolescents and, and people started to see that and they somewhat condemned us from the church. They didn't want us around the children. They didn't want us in the church. Church started to get so big. They put ATMs in the church, different things like that. I was like, I didn't, I don't want to be a part of that. So I was actually turned away from church entirely. It took Kevin four and a half years to get me here. Um, but the minute I came, I 
ever since November 1st, the first weekend of November, I have not, I missed two times. One time was because I just, I didn't, just didn't get out of bed. And I, I felt that. And it's not that God condemned me, he wasn't punishing me for not coming, but God was preparing me for the week. You've come to church to, to make it through the week, to get through these trials and tribulations for the week. And I felt that. Um, there was one, another Sunday that I just did not want to come. Mason was sick. I was dog tired. I usually wake up two and a half hours before it's time to come to church. Eight o'clock came. I was like, nah, I don't want to go. 8.30 came. Nah, I don't want to go. Nine o'clock came. Nah, I don't want to go. Usually I'm out the door ready to go at 10.30. 10.30 is when I got up and I said, you know what? I have to go to yeah. church. And that was God tapping me on the shoulder every 30 minutes saying, you need to get up and go. And yeah. I finally got up and went. Another Sunday we actually missed because Mason was actually admitted to the hospital. Um, I received it. I texted Kevin and said, hey, pray for us. Then I got a text from Pastor. Then I got a voicemail from Brave Kids. Then I got a video chat <laughs> from Gabe. Um, so then also, to tie everything in together, it's that um, there's a reason why I'm here. It's yeah. because I went through what I went through as a child. There's a reason um, Mary is here is because what she went through. There's a reason why Susan here is what she went through. And the thing is, is that God will never put us through anything that we cannot bear. Yeah. Yes, we think that these things that we go through have, they're, they broke us and we turned away from the church, but they didn't really break us. They made us stronger. They were battles that God put us through. I put on this camo today because we are soldiers for Christ. So these are the battles that he put us through. But also, not only are we soldiers, these are our testimonies because they're tests that he put us wow. through. And we're here to tell our story today. And the reason that I think it's unique that we're here and, and the reason that I'm at this church is because each and every one of us here have a, a, a unique story that we're able to tell. Yeah. And we take these stories and we... The reason that we're here in this certain church is because we're able to take these stories and reach every street and every heart. Come on. So make sure that you remember that the reason that you, you're not here by chance, you're not here by luck, you're actually here by purpose. He yeah. puts you through these things to, to be able to tell your story to other people, to bring people here. Because there are so many people that have been turned away from the church, there's so many people that have been hurt. But the reason that we are here and we're going to bring other people here yeah. is because we are soldiers for Christ and we're able to tell our story and we're able to reach every street and every heart. But I think this is chapter two Come on, for me and this is just the beginning. Come on. I remember, I remember the first couple times you came, and every time I saw you, you were crying, which is not like something you like to do, right? Yeah, I forgot to say that, yeah. So, so the last time I cried was in the seventh grade. And I told myself I never cried again. It was actually over a girl. So that's like, what, maybe 12, 15 years? I don't know the math, but it's quite some time. 
Every week that I came, I cried. I did not like to cry, and I cried every single week that I came here. And it wasn't tears of sadness. It was actually tears of joy. Come on. Because the Holy Spirit touched me every single Sunday. Yeah. And that's nothing but God. Yeah. So good, man. So now what are you looking at? What are you looking at your life? You go, man, okay, here we go. I got purpose. I got a story to tell. Uh, What's changed in your expectation, your vision of what this next chapter looks like for you? It's a good question. question. Put you on the spot. I didn't prep you with that one. I know that um, it's really because I have a fear. I have a fear about, I know that I am in the world, but I know I'm not of the world. Come on. But my fear is to lose myself. But over the weekend, I realized that you have to, it's, it's basically to, to, to walk like God, you have to live like God. And you have to get out of God's way. And you also have to, and, and it's also to walk in straight, the, the walking straight and narrow. Is because God is walking straight, and you want to do what you want. Yeah, you still want to be with God, and you still want to walk like God, but you, you're out here doing these things right here. But you're getting in God's way because when you do this and take these pit stops here and there, you're getting in God's way because it's taking a whole lot longer for you to get where God needs you to be. You're trying to meet God at point at, at the end. But you're getting in God's way because you're taking so much longer opposed to the walking where God needs you to be and getting where he needs you to be at that time. Because you don't know, actually, you don't know who's waiting for you at the end. Come on. And you're holding up that person's blessing because God is using you as a vessel and you're, he's trying to get you to get here. And when you're, when, when I'm sitting here doing these things, like, you know what, I, I want to go have a drink. I want to go hang out with this girl. Again, you're holding up God's purpose and God's plan. So I know that now. And, and my expectation and, and my creed to myself is that I need to get out of God's way and let him and, and be his vessel and walk the straight and narrow. Come on. That's good, man. Now, real quickly, just because I want to illustrate this for a second, and then we're going we're gonna to close. Um, I, Theron, here, come stand right here, Theron. We're gonna stand right here, because here's Theron's story, right? It's not finished yet. Still writing it. Uh, he's gonna be empowered by God to walk where God wants him to go. Every day, surrendering. Every day, going, God, what do you want me to do today? Where do you want me to go today? What do you want me to speak up today? Uh, but, but Theron didn't, and you kind of referenced it. Theron didn't get here by chance. He didn't just show up. Um, and more often than not, this is how it goes. I want, Kevin, can you come here real quick? Uh, now, Kevin, uh, my guess is Kevin didn't, like, give him all the doctrines of our church. He didn't send, fax him over. I don't know why I said fax. The statement of beliefs, maybe, maybe because that's why I think that would make sense. Uh, uh, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't, like, sit down and go, oh, hey, let me just lay out every single thing. You just began to extend an invitation. My guess is when he started telling you about his story, you started talking a little bit about your story. 
Yeah, and, and, and didn't give him the whole picture, didn't give him everything, didn't, hey, let me go. He just kept inviting him. Now, now there's one person missing today. She's working, and that would be uh, Kevin's better half, which is Vicky. Mayor is, Pastor Mayor is going to stand in uh, for uh, Vicky. Um, and Vicky kept inviting Kevin to church. In fact, Vicky is the reason y'all became friends, yeah. right? And so, <laughs> way to go, Vicky. And... Um, <laughs> And so Vicky was, it was a big part of bringing Kevin along to church and then also connected these two amazing uh, fellas. And then, and then there was one more. Vicky worked with somebody. Um, his name was John McCurdy. John, why don't you come on up here? And, uh, and John, John, John's in like every one of these stories, by the way. Y'all. Like John and Kristen, man, it's just, they're evangelists. They're just the best. And John brought uh, along... Vicky, and then Vicky brought along Kevin, and Kevin brought along Theron, and it may have taken four and a half years to get him to do that, but he brought them along. Now, here's what's really cool. So Theron just told you his story, and I know Destiny is recording this right now, so you're about to get a first-person view, but I want Destiny to come up here, because Destiny's not on this side of Theron's story, right? Destiny's not hanging out who got, was the one that invited. Destiny's not the one that uh, uh, was, should I shut off her camera real quick, and uh, but she's not the one that did this and then did this and did this. Theron, Theron has now invited Destiny along. Come on over. So Destiny's now on. <laughs> Destiny's now on this side of the story. See, I'm just, I just, I just want to illustrate to you. I don't know everything yet. I don't have it all together. I haven't, I haven't figured it out. You know what? That's a good question, Pastor Brandon. I don't know yet, right? I don't have it all mapped out. That's not really the point. God never asked you to map it out. He actually said, I've created you for good works. I will be with you. You just need to, like Theron said, just get in step with me. And that's not even necessarily all about the good and bad things you do. It is about fixing my eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of my faith. The author and perfecter of my faith. So here's Destiny who had no clue who John McCurdy was. And, and I'm not even sure she wants to. I'm just joking. I've, I've known John way too long. I just give him a hard time all the time. But John, so unashamed of the gospel, which is the power of his salvation, didn't talk to Vicky about all the bad things and all the, you know. Said, hey man, hey Vicky, you want it? You should come to our church. Here's what makes you a good storyteller. You listen. A good storyteller listens, hears, goes, oh, I can write a story about that. And it's not even that. It's when I hear something in someone's story, now I, oh, this is where I can tell my story. Because now I can minister to where they are. Now I can talk about what they've gone through. Now Theron can tell people, I know maybe you had a rough go or a difficult thing. Or, but I'm going to tell you, there, are, there is a group of people that will love you no matter what. And that's what Jesus does. He invited Vicky. Vicky invited Kevin. Kevin invited Theron. Theron's story begins to get transformed. Has incredible experiences with our Brave Kids team. Like unbelievable experiences with our Brave Kids team. And like, honestly, they were in team huddle when, when uh, uh, Mason was in the hospital, and they recorded their prayer time, and the, 
right before church started, sent him the voicemail of them praying over Mason. Uh, the second Sunday, Mason is high-functioning autism. The second Sunday, an incredible one of our team, uh, I think it was Mandy, says, hey, we're going to create a board just for him so that he can walk through everything with all the students. He came up to me crying. I was like, uh-oh, what do we do? And uh, he said, man, I got to tell you, I've never, ever, ever, ever felt loved like this. And guess what? Destiny's here. Destiny's here. And I, I just believe this. I believe there's someone here. We haven't met him yet. She has. We haven't. But when we do, we're going to love him like Jesus. They're going to see Jesus in us. See, some of us get, well, how do I get the reserve seat on the front row? Well, we don't really have those, but how do I get that? Listen, can I just tell you something? Quit worrying about the reserve seat in this space because there is a space that only you can occupy. There is a space that only you can sit in. And there is a reserve seat that I will never sit in that you're sitting in right now. And you can bring life and hope and a story of hope and Jesus and life and grace and peace and strength that only you can bring. Quit worrying about what, in what context you get to sit where and where you, Jesus has placed you. Stand up. Tell your story every day. Because not every day is it going to work. It's not going to work the first time always. It might take four and a half years, y'all. But at some point, if you'll tell it every day, if you'll proclaim the good works of Jesus, if you'll talk about what he's done in your life, I don't know everything, but what I do know is this, that I couldn't see a way out. Now I can. And there are people on your street that need to hear your story because they've heard a bunch of other stories. And you look at them, you go, who told you? Let me tell you something. And it's not my job. It's not Pastor Mayor's job. We wouldn't be good at telling your story the way you tell your story. The truth is we may never even be on your street. You've got a story to tell. And someone in a village, someone on a street is waiting to hear a story so that when Jesus shows up on their street, they've heard everything they need to hear to say, Jesus, I know you can do this. I've heard it from John, and I've heard it from Vicky, and I've heard it from Kevin. Now I'm hearing it from Theron. Now I, I've heard the stories. When Jesus shows up in your workplace, when Jesus shows up on your street, when Jesus shows up in your relationships, what story will they have already heard about what he can do? What story will they have already heard about what he can bring them through? What story of love will they have already known about this real Jesus who gave everything for them? Who told you that? Let's be a people who begin to tell better stories about Jesus. Let's be a people that fill the streets of Fort Worth with the stories of Jesus. Let's be a people that tell our story, all, all, even if it's unfinished, even if it's not perfect, still tell our story. And sometimes telling our story is what sets up the next part of our story. God, I thank you so much for today. Lord, I thank you for what these people represent. Lord, that every one of us has a story. And every one of us has something they can tell. Every one of us has...